Welcome to another episode of the Tiger Cast. We're back after another win, which is always nice to have a show after after win, especially against the Swans, who have been a pretty good contest against them over the years, and our a win at, at Marvel from our home game, so it's nice to get that out of the way as well. Uh, a big episode tonight. Obviously, we're cutting it very fine with our game tomorrow night against Melbourne, but there's still plenty to talk about, and we've got two brand new guests for the show tonight. First of all, I'd like to welcome to the show Splint Whiskey. Welcome to you, mate. Thank you. Glad to be on. And like we ask all of our new guests, how did you become a Tiger supporter? <laughs> um, I actually had a chat about that on the weekend. So it was my great aunt. Uh, she basically got me involved loving Tigers. And then um, because there was a team that had Tigers, that's how I went. Um, luckily, I came this way. Otherwise, it would have been a, a blue supporter or a drug supporter. Yeah, imagine the shit you would have copped from uh, fellow Tigers had you gone to Carlton or Essendon in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's all worked out for the best for you. You've seen a premiership and, uh, yeah, it's, it's all ended well. Yeah, it's, it's worked out pretty well. And our second guest tonight is another new guest to the show. Evo, welcome to the show, mate. Hello, Tiger boys. Going well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, and same question to you as we had for Splint Whiskey. How did you become a Tiger supporter? Yeah, so um, I'm probably a bit older than most people on the board. I've been uh, I've been following the Tigers since early 70s. Uh, unlike most people, my old man wasn't really into football. So I was, you know, at primary school kicking the ball around. I love, I love footy and I didn't have a team to follow. And uh, I really like the look of Royce Hart, you know. He'd take a hanger every week and... You know, Richmond were the most feared side at the, side at the time, sort of 73, 74. So I jumped on jumped on the bandwagon and I've been on it ever since. Oh, very good. So you would have seen a bit of success then, I suppose, with the 80 flag and then um, obviously our most recent one, 2017. So pretty good times for you. Yeah, so I was one of the few, uh, probably one of the few on the board at the 1980 grand final. Uh, it was quite good uh, listening to Rhett last week because... Uh, I was behind the goals, probably about you know six or seven seats back when KB was kicking all those goals at the uh, at the Jollywood end. So uh, yeah, great oh, memories. No, oh, very good. And how did it compare? I know there's obviously a long time between drinks, but the feeling for winning that one to 2017, what were the feelings like? Was one did one feel better than the other? Ah, uh, totally different. You know, in the in the 70s, you, you just expected Richmond to win. You know, they were they were the top side along with with Carlton and uh, Collingwood, I guess. And, uh, you know, it was really 1980 grand final. I just thought, oh, you know, this is another grand final. We'll, there'll be another one in a couple of years, in a couple of years. And sure enough, 37 years later. <laughs> and, uh, Is that feeling of expectation of winning come back from what you remember it being like? Uh, I swear, 2017 was just relief, you know, I I remember uh, going down to uh, Swan Street after the game and uh, I just saw so many guys sort of my age, you know, late 40s, you know, and uh, it was just more more relief. There was so much hugging and, you know, it was uh, fantastic, you know. And I was really I was really happy sort of for the next generation because, you know, they'd never seen, you know, a lot of people weren't born until after 1980 and hadn't seen anything, so... Um, I was yeah, really well, happy, you know. I was born '87, so I'd seen yeah. not not a great deal up until that point in time. So, no, it was a bit of relief. 
more relief on my family's part because they felt justified for making me go for Richmond all these years ago. So yeah, I think yeah, I was sweating yeah. bullets a little bit that, shit, if we go through without anything, he's going to hate us. Yeah, I remember my son when he was young, you know, I was, I was really keen to push him into footy. And uh, I remember when he was about 10 years old and we were just getting flogged every week. And one day he just started crying and said, Dad, why did you make me back for Richmond? You know, and I just <laughs> broke my heart. <laughs> Well, no, it, was, sure. it, was, it was fantastic women. I reckon most families have had that conversation with their children at some stage. Yeah. All right, we'll kick off with the three things we all learnt from round five. Uh, Splint Whiskey, I'll start with you, mate. What are the three things you learnt? Well, the first thing I learnt is that uh, Essen is still getting a nice little tickle from the AFL, a nice little reach round. Um, that Joe Danaher thing absolutely angered me to no end. Um Oh, what the was the fact... Joe Danaher thing? Refresh me on that one. So he wasn't even on the emergency list, and he played. Oh, I yes, they got the fine. The... Yep. They got the fine. I mean, what was it? It was like $10,000 or something? It was something yeah, back pocket chain yeah, trade. It's, it's cheating, clubs. isn't it? Let's face it. it it's, it's cheating. I mean, you know, you know, whatever the fine was, it might be something big for, you know, a St Kilda or a North Melbourne who don't have any money, but for Essendon who've got, you know, quite a bit of it, it's nothing. Yeah, that that's true. In so, how late did they leave it? Was it the day before or just well after the cutoff? It was. How it was. It was day of. Oh, day of. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I think, I think they uh, they interviewed him. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Channel Seven interviewed him, and he said um, he was actually getting. He was. He got the call from Wusher midway through the uh, the warm, like, like the pre-warm or the pre-game with the VFL. So it was literally just hours before. Yeah, disgusting. Do, I don't know. Do you buy that? I mean, the way you prepare for games, surely, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I believe that. I reckon he might have known a bit longer. Yeah, he may have known a bit longer, but they let the uh, the AFL know at last minute. And if the AFL had any sort of pills, then they should have just gone, nah, he's not playing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. They should just say no, I reckon. Yeah, just 100%. Go on no and go on, well, you know, you can have your Laverde or whoever else was in the emergencies, some other no-namers. Fair enough. Uh, what was the second thing you learnt? Um, the thing I learnt is, now it's only three games in, but um, Stack is better in his position than Short. Fair call. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll say fair call for that. He He's hard at it. He's got the swagger to, uh, you know, he, he talks a bit of trash, which is always good. Um, but he puts his head over the ball, and he's not afraid of a contact where, you know, if Short thinks he's about to be bowled over, you'll find him in the next suburb. He's just, he's that afraid. He's like Brandon Ellis. He's that afraid of it. Yeah, I think the important thing there, I know people might think it's a bit outrageous to say he's better than Short in that position already. I mean, Short hasn't played a monstrous amount of games, but the one thing for me that Stack does better than Short is the actual defensive part of the game, like the spoiling, uh, the chasing, and he plays a little bit taller than he actually is, so I think that's a, a huge advantage for Stack. Kimber yeah, actually, got... sorry. Kimber actually um, uh, compared him to uh, Pickett, so, you know, who's someone he played with and probably one of the toughest Aboriginals of all time, so I, I reckon that's a massive rap, and I reckon it's fair call too. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got a huge leap on him as well. That um, that mark against, or you know, it was it was Grimes's mark against Port, but Stack was about the highest person there in the, in the pack. Um, you know, that's that's something you just want. You want someone who's just hard. You know, like Vlosten. Vlosten won't take a black backward step. 
No, that's right. Um, they're worth their weight in gold. And they're things, I've put it on the board before, that you can't teach. Either you're a hard, aggressive player at the ball, or you're not. Um, and he's got it in spades. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the last thing is, you know, you can still find joy as an adult. I mean, Hawthorne getting flogged, North Melbourne getting flogged, Melbourne getting flogged, um, <laughs> and uh, and the Western Bulldogs getting beaten. I mean, I do hate Carlton, but I kind of a bit more uh, salty at the Western Bulldogs for the AFL handing them a premiership. But uh, to see them all get beaten was just fantastic. Yeah, I think they're all fair points. Um, I actually, to cross over into mine briefly, I had mine as Bulldogs hanging heads in shame as my first point, so that uh, ties into what you said. I, I couldn't believe it when I was checking the score for that game. That was, It was just remarkable. Uh, do you put it down as one of those blips for the Bulldogs, similar to what we had with St Kilda? Um, no, I mean, because the Bulldogs still aren't any good. Um <laughs> I mean, we we had an we had an off night. I mean, we made finals the, you know, previous two two or three years before that little blip with St Kilda. But uh, Bulldogs have been terrible since they're, you know, they're gimme. Fair enough. Uh, no, they're all very good points there. Evo, what about yourself? What are the three things you learnt from round five? Ah, uh, well, first of all, it's impossible to tip at the moment. It's it's not even worth putting oh, tips in. It's not worth it. You're right. It's not I'm, worth it. I'm lucky if I get 50% right at the moment. I reckon I'm, I'm going to follow the kiss of death in the paper going forward. I might yeah, be having yeah. a chance to get more yeah. than three. Yeah, Dinkin. And, you know, I, I like a bit of a punt on the on the footy, but it's just not worth it at the moment. You're just, you're just throwing the money away, you know. You're probably better off taking every single outsider every week. Yeah. It's just, it's just insane. And so what it means for Richmond is that we've just got to keep winning, you know, because, uh, you know, let's face it, we're only a game off uh, top now, so it's fantastic. You know, it was looking grim a couple of weeks ago and, and suddenly we're, you know, right back in it. And, you know, only St Kilda on top of us, so, you know, it's crazy. Who would have thought? Imagine the market for that, picking St Kilda yeah. to be on top oh, after six rounds or something like that. Yeah, and the Suns, they, you know, it's, it's crazy. The bookies would have said, you name your price and we'll go with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's insane. So I think um, probably Geelong's looking the... I mean, they're on top, obviously, and they're, they're looking the, the one to beat at this stage. Everyone else has slipped up. Yes, no, they yeah. are. Mm. So so the second one I have here is... Uh, I want to talk about uh, Jack Ross, actually. I reckon he's absolutely uh, amazing. I, my son, actually, uh, he, he's on the list at uh, the Oakley Chargers the same year as uh, Jack Higgins. So I got to know a few of the coaches there. And I know the coaches absolutely uh, love Jack Ross at Oakley and uh, they were surprised that he, he went as late as he did and I think we've got an absolute bargain there. And I'm really I'm really wrapped that uh, we're starting to get proper inside midfielders. I reckon for a long time we made the mistake of, you know, we get a flashy flanker like a, a Lennon or, you know, a, uh, an Alice or, you know, even Vlostom. Vlostom's worked out well. But I think, you know, every year we should at least take one genuine proper grinder inside midfielder and this and this year we seem to have taken three so and two of them from oakley Chargers. so you know i'm really wrapped and, and jack ross to me i don't you don't want to go too early on these guys but you know you can see a little bit of a joel a young joel selwood or something like that you know just fantastic yeah no he's looking really good it doesn't just, doesn't duck which is nice no, 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 it doesn't duck. That's it. But he's hard over the ball and composed, and oh, everything you want to see at an inside midfielder. Yeah. You know, and if you if you, if we had taken him at 
say, pick 10 or something, you, you wouldn't be disappointed at this stage, would you? No, be pretty happy with his output. He, he makes the game, he plays the game in its simplest format. See ball, get ball is effectively yeah. what he does. Um, but it's his composure as well. And similar to Stack, they've both got it. Yeah, yeah. Once again, it's one of those things that you can't really teach. It's quite hard to. Either you, yeah, either you have it or you don't. But mm-hmm. the, he, he draws the tackler, and the commentators made note of this during the game, but he drew a tackler in and put his arms above his head straight away so he could fire the handball off to the teammate he freed up. So he's got a lot of footy smarts as well, which is good to see. Yeah, 100%. And he knows how to find the ball, you know. he's You know, the first half this week, he did 14, 14 touches or something for the first half. He dropped off a bit in the second half, but I thought, you know, he's, he's, he's a real go of this kid. Yeah, I'm really absolutely. excited about him. Right, so uh, number three, probably just uh, we're back, I reckon. I, I felt like uh, the sort of there was some, there were some glimpses during the GWS game. We started to you know start playing the tiger way, a bit of put the pressure on. So I wasn't too worried, even though we sort of looked bad at, uh, at the end of the GWS game. I thought you know we're we're starting to uh, get that frontal pressure on again. And then sure enough, we went it came out against Port, and you know fantastic. That's that's turned our whole season around, and we and we went on with it this week. So uh, it's good to be playing the Richmond way again. I think absolutely, uh, yeah. And so I feel like um, we we should take it up to every single team now. And it's funny you say that. I won't name the person who said this to me, um, but from someone within the club and even players themselves, apparently we had a big training block from our second JLT series game. Um, and they, they actually were kind of prepared or expected to maybe cop a few losses early on with the anticipation that they believed by around 5, 6, 7 that they would start running over teams and getting back to what we were known right, for. Right, right. So and, and I hadn't mentioned anything up until now because I thought it's one of these things every club could come out and say that, but it yeah, seems yeah. evidently that the proof is actually there. Uh, they're running on yeah. top of the ground a lot more. The pressure's back. We, we just didn't have that speed early on. Um, so it's actually really interesting to now see that kind of come to life. Yeah. Well, to, even against Carlton, uh, we didn't we didn't look on, did we? And then Collingwood looked bloody terrible, I thought, and I was getting a bit down. But, I, you know, you could just see it coming back for the GWS game. Yeah. Uh, we've gone on with it. Yeah. So that's interesting what you say. I, that's a good insight. Yeah, it's really interesting calls. I thought I'll sit back and see how it pans out, and sure enough, it's it's kind yeah. of happening before our eyes. So hopefully, oh, we carry it. on with it. They must have the fingers on the pulse, then you know they must know where everyone's at. So yes. fantastic, absolutely. Um, I think the I think the media as well after the uh, it would have been the GWS game. I think that also probably plays a bit of a bit into the players' minds as well because, you know, they know something internally, but then all, all you have is the media taking pot shots at you. Yep. You know, now now they're no good. Now they know nothing else here. Now you've got, you know, the our our, um, our depth. We mm, actually, yeah. we do have depth, believe it mm. or not. And that's what made that win against Port so much uh, more memorable, I guess, with the players we had out first up crack at it to see how we go and yeah to pull off a win like that was exceptional we obviously backed it up against the swans yeah uh, the no, it was club defining that uh, you know season defining that uh, port game yeah absolutely season turner the uh, the three things i learned the first one i touched on earlier were the, the bulldogs have to hang their heads in shame and not only for losing to carlton but for conceding 100 points which is the first time in god knows how long um yeah that's pretty poor form uh the second thing i learned well i didn't learn it just reconfirmed it really is the MRO was still inconsistent 
Uh, Dunman from Fremantle got offered two weeks for his hit behind play on Lockie Whitfield from GWS. Um, it was... I don't know whether I'd call it a punch or if it glanced the upper body first. I'm not too sure, but it didn't look great and deserved the suspension undoubtedly, as did the Dusty one. Um, but it's still... Why didn't the Dangerfield one get suspension? It, I don't know. There's, a lot of things aren't adding up. So you've got three hits well, behind play and you've got a two-week, a one-week and a fine. Well, Dangerfield one could have been much if it's like the the brayshaw one if um who, he hit DeBoer didn't he yeah yeah so if if DeBoer was like brayshaw who was bending over right he would have copped him flush in the face yeah yeah that, that second swing when and he didn't look yeah. yeah yeah he didn't look and i think you know you see michael christensen looking like freaking lurch on the uh the afl <laughs> website yeah and he sits there trying to justify his bull crap and he said um, the Dusty Martin one was two weeks because of its um, potential to cause great harm. Yeah. Now, I would say the Dangerfield one had a lot of potential to cause yeah. harm. Yeah, exactly. And that was my argument too. Um, but someone did point out that the tribunal effectively knocked off the week because they didn't believe that to be the case. But it was still, yeah. it was still factored in. There were still elements of the look and the play reaction, all that kind of stuff. So, I just understand how there's three off the ball incidents, and yeah, you got a two week, a one week, and a fine. Like, yeah, I think that you either want to stamp it out altogether, or you don't. There's, you can't sort of pick and choose who you're going to give weeks to. And I kind of feel bad for this time. Like, to be fair, I don't know a lot about him, but it kind of feels like because he's not a household name that they're just going to slam him with the two weeks. Whereas if it was, you know, one of the other known guys, they try and reduce a little bit but anyway i'm sure yeah. we'll talk about the mro almost weekly with the way they go about it <laughs> uh and yeah. the third, the third thing i learned is eddie betts is the greatest of all time small forward in our era i reckon in the the modern day footballer that he's just remarkable congratulations to him for his 300 games um did you guys see the goal he kicked in his 300th oh yeah crazy, give, crazy. give him yeah, the keys right. to the car now unless jake higgins yeah, pulls yeah. another one out of his ass Give Eddie yeah. Betts the, the keys to the car, whatever the prize they give away. On now. the that left was as well, yeah. yeah. It was just set up perfectly for him. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Respect to Eddie Betts. He, he's a freak yeah, of a player. He always tortures us every time we play him. So, and you can only appreciate and respect the work he does. Yeah, and he seems like a good bloke as well, you know. He, he never plays dirty or anything like that. No. You know, he's just a good footballer. At least he didn't torture us in the grand final. Exactly. <laughs> it was, it was very off in the grand final. Yeah, very true. Was that the game where we're still trying to find Tex and Jenkins? Are they still at the MCG? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't think Tex has ever recovered from that game. No. I think we we, we killed a football club. I think that day. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, what a great day that was. All right, we'll push on to the review of the Richmond versus Sydney game. So Richmond 13-11-89 defeated Sydney 10-7-67 by 22 points. Dustin Martin had a pretty good return. Three goals, two, 25 disposals, five marks and two tackles. Uh, Evo, what'd you make of Dusty's return after his holiday? Oh, yeah, good. Uh, he was still munging it a bit, but uh, he did look a, a real presence down in the forward line. So uh, I'd like to, I'd like to see him uh, move into the midfield a bit more now. It was great to have him one-on-one, but now Jack's Jack's there and we've got Caddy back. and uh, I'd like to see Dusty start to play a lot more in the midfield. He's, he went for a few uh, scything kicks uh, that didn't come off, but uh, you can see that they'll... They'll, they'll come with a bit more uh, practice and confidence, you know. Yeah, so, uh, true. yeah, I think Dusty's Dusty's back. I think we can say with 
fair bit of confidence. It's the Nike it's probably... boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they look pretty fancy, those red boots. Uh, of all things to make a story of, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Splint Whiskey, what did you make of the game? Um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty tough game to watch. It was just, it was, it wasn't pretty football. Um, I mean, we should have, we should have had it buried at, um, at halftime. To be perfectly honest, I mean, we kicked what nine goals, five at halftime. So realistically, we should have had, you know, an extra couple of goals, made it a sort of a nine-goal margin. They would never have come back from it. But um, it was good to see the young kids sort of get played against sort of, you know, hardened bodies. I mean, Sydney's always sort of been seen as a hardened team. And to watch the young kids actually step up to that and sort of work out, work through it, it was quite good. Um, and I mean, just speaking, we spoke about Jack Ross earlier. I think he, he started killing them. So Horse sent uh, Kennedy to him. Yeah. So I mean that's that's a huge respect. I mean yeah, Kennedy's one of the toughest inside midfielders I've ever seen. To be put to him or to have him put on you in your third game is just huge respect. Yeah, I noticed that as well and I wasn't sure myself which way it was working yet, whether we went to him or he went to us. But either way, um yeah, a lot of respect one way or another. But he, I thought he played a good game. Um the other one I want to ask you about, Evo Prestia, Dion Prestia. He kind of—I yeah, know yeah. we've been—we've talked about a lot of the young kids and how good they've been, but I think his game against the Swans was pretty good, and he's back into some ripping form. Thirty-two disposals, four marks, four tackles, uh, ten score involvements, and three goal assists. It's a pretty good return from him. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the real highlight for me. I've, all all year I've been thinking, look, uh, we, I, I feel like our forwards and uh, and backline, even without. Uh, Rance is, is still fine, but the midfield is where we got been getting beaten. We got beaten badly by Collingwood, and uh, and by G, GWS badly beaten the midfield in both those games. Um, and I've just I've just felt like we really need that grinder. That guy is going to, you know, do the locking eel job for us. 25, 25 to thirty uh, possessions every single game, and it seems like uh, Lambert's dropped off a bit in that regard, and he's not getting so much time in the midfield. So to see Prestia, you know, do 32, I think you said, that that's yeah. that's exactly what we want from, you know, I reckon that was the, that that game is, you know, the, what what we got him for, you know. And if, if you can play something like that every single week, then then Cochin and, and, and Dusty and, and the other guys can, you know, get off the leash a bit, you know, because he'll, he'll just be, be farming it out, you know, and that's exactly what we want him for. Now, I want to ask you both, the, the I'm sure you know the free kick I'm talking about, that Lance Franklin got against Dylan Grimes for around the neck. Was I uh, watching a different game to everyone else, or did they uh, both have hold of each other and it should have been play on? Well, I mean, you watch it, and he has... Yes, they got, they've, got, they've got each other around the neck, to be perfectly honest. But um, he puts Grimes... He puts his arm down and pulls Grimes' whole body with him. So it's kind of like he gets him into a headlock and then pulls his arms up to get the, well, whatever it was, the, the bounce off the chest or whatever he does. And to have that paid, I mean, that's yeah, just probably, shocking. You probably want to see them just let go. You know, it's a 50-50 one. You know, I, I, I thought it was probably Grimes, if anything, but, you know, maybe we're biased, I don't know. But uh, Buddy's Buddy's just such a master at that sort of stuff, you know, to sort of the wrestle and then make it look like he's the one being infringed. Well, then down the other end, Rampy and Martin were in a tussle as well, and I think they yeah, rightfully yeah. called play on, fair enough, but then yeah. make sure you call it the other way as well. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the I other mean, one that Buddy did was um, 
pushing Asprey's head into the ground virtually when he's gone up to take a mark. I'm like, oh, since when has that been okay to do? Yeah, just put a, he's put his hand on top of his head and pushed his, you know, could have jarred his neck. He pushed down so hard, it was ridiculous. Yeah, the umpires are shocking. I mean, at the moment, the one thing um, that's sort of really triggering me when I watch football is when um, you get pinged for holding the man after they've just tossed the ball away. Like, yeah. that just does my head in. I saw I one like to the be... Hawthorne game yesterday. I saw Joel Selwood get away with exactly that. Got tackled, just dropped it. And got given holding the man. I'm like, what about the first decision? But yeah, I watched the game again, uh, and um, I swear we missed. They missed about seven or eight holding the balls where we just had them absolutely cold, you know, and we didn't get one of them. It was unbelievable. I reckon they don't pay nearly enough holding the balls now. You know, it's crazy. If it if it jars out, to me that should be a that should be a free if you've had prior, you know. But they don't seem to give them. No, and I think they need to sharpen that rule up just to make it easier for the umpires, if anything, because um, yeah, it does. It gets ultra confusing. Yeah, well, to the crowd, to the players, you know, no one knows. Half the time, the players stop thinking it's holding the ball. Yeah, no, play on, you know. Crazy. And Split Whiskey, what'd you make of Noah Bolter's game? He obviously didn't rack up a lot of disposals, but he kicked a couple of goals. Um, he doesn't get a lot of game time. It's about the 45 to 55% mark time on ground. I'm okay with it because what he's doing is relieving Nank. But what did you make of his game? Uh, well, he's he's an athletic tall. So, I mean, you look at what, um, you know, the other big athletic tall who gets all the praise is Nick Nat. I mean... He only does a couple of good things a game, and everyone raves about how great he is. And he, you know, he's a pretty good player. Uh, Bolter's just got to grow into that. I mean, he's um, a young kid in his second season, who's a you know big, athletic, tall, gangly sort of you know bloke. He needs that fifty percent game time to sort of you know not only sort of relieve Nank, but also sort of find himself you know not not get down on his luck because he seems like a very confident guy but he does make a few mistakes and you just don't want to ruin that confidence for him yeah absolutely i reckon they've got to keep playing him um yeah we don't lose speed that's the thing like most tools that come in to do second ruck are kind of the lumbering type when you look at even you look at melbourne this week i know Pruce isn't playing because he's injured but him and gone aren't quick by any stretch. Um, no. as we're playing Bolter, he's just as quick as some of our quicker yeah. players, really. So we're not really losing that pace at ground level. And he can run away. I mean, and he he can turn as well. I mean, you look at um, you look at sort of uh, Max Gorn and Pruce, and you know if they want to turn, if they want to do a turn, they've got to sort of file notice of intent to the council for three, three <laughs> weeks in advance type thing. Like they need all the time in the world to do it. But you know, he he. he if he got that goal, that would have been um, the left foot one. That would be the left foot one that yeah. he just burst out on the run. That would have been a, a goal of the year contender because that was fantastic. Because he sort of crumbed it, ran after it, got a give and go, and then oh, it's just so close. Yeah, we've, oh. also, we've also got to protect Nank. You know, Nank's our most important player. Let's face it. If he if he goes down, then we're stuffed. You know, so we've just got to get someone to take take a bit of a beating for, to, to protect Nank a bit. Uh, you yeah, know, uh, yeah. Well, Pruce is out, thankfully, because I was a bit worried about uh, Pruce and and Gorney sort of doing a double team on him. So I think that's that's a real win for us, Pruce being out. So uh, yeah, I think it is too. And we don't need to be reactive and drop Bolter because of it, because he can no, no. still be just as effective. Um, yeah. 
Actually, we'll, we'll get straight into the preview because it kind of ties into it. Richmond versus Melbourne tomorrow night. Uh, we'll do it a little bit in reverse with the matchups. You've spoken about Proust being out. Max Gornov's the number one ruckman. I'm actually not sure, looking at their team, who their second ruckman is. And I don't think they've brought one in, to be honest. So I think uh, it'll be McDonald. Uh, really... I was going to suggest Wiedemann. They've been playing a bit in the ruck as well. So, you know, a bit like but playing I, reward sort of deal. But I feel like if it's Wiedemann or McDonald then that's an advantage Bolter could probably have over both of those players, essentially, because I think he might be able to outruck them because of his athleticism. <laughs> I think he... I th- they've been talking about McDonald a lot lately uh, in the press uh, about how they should put him to, into the back line or something because he's just, you know, he's super down. He's, he was one of the, their better players last year and he's really down on form now. So I think they're going to do something with him. So probably the, the ruck might be where they uh, what they do with McDonald. A few uh, if that's supporters the, if, think he's injured too. Yeah, I mean, was uh, I mean we always think bad, you know, good players are injured. I mean, what I think there was a run when Jack didn't look too good, and we thought he was injured, but no, he just couldn't care less, sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you look at Melbourne. I mean, I, I can't stand Melbourne for a lot of the time, most of the time, because of their arrogance. But um, they're just. Some of their players are just not. I just I think they're being exposed at the moment. They're just they're not willing to work hard enough. I think Derms uh, was right. You know, downhill skiers. Yeah, I think it's looking that way. I mean, I still think that that prelim final against West Coast has mentally killed them. Um, I mean, they're obviously missing May and Jake Lever. Although I'm not really fearful of Jake Lever, if I'm being honest. That are missing some key backmen, so they're going to leak a lot of goals. So I think this week with Jack Rewalt back in with Tom Lynch and Caddy, which is the first time all three of them have played together, uh, as well as you chuck Dustin Martin down there too, I think we have the potential to get a big score on the board this week because they seem to be leaking goals at the best of times, let alone against a forward line looking like that. Yeah, their back line's very poor at the moment. Uh, You know, Frost. Frost is their best player. They're they're in a lot of trouble with their back line. But but to be fair on their their midfield was... uh, The second half of last year was one one of the hardest... Uh, midfields, though they were, their contested positions were very good, and that's where they've fallen away. This uh, early this season, Melbourne, this, their their midfield has just gone to water. You know, uh, so. it's interesting because I think their midfielder, their midfield is their strongest point on the ground at the moment, and the stats kind of reflect that because the clearances they're actually ranked second in the AFL with an average of forty two per game, and we're ranked seventeenth this, this year, is it? Yeah, this year. So, yeah, okay. And we're ranked 17th with an average of 32.6. I mean, we're, we're aware that our clearances have been a bit of an issue. Um, mm. But Melbourne's, yeah, ranked second, which I was a bit surprised at when I saw it. So they're definitely... I mean, granted, Max Gorn's one of the best ruckman, tap ruckman in the comp, so he's giving him some pretty good service most times. Uh, yeah. But you look at Clayton Oliver, he's, he's a gun. He's a punchable head, but he's a gun. Uh, yeah. Shaw's good. Viney... He's a ball, he's hard at it, but he can be a bit hit and miss with his skill. Nathan Jones, you know what you're going to get with him, and if they, yeah. Jaden Hunt's not too bad as well, and Petraka. So they've got a bit of depth there, but if they can't they've get on using, top in the midfield, using a arms, shot. Arms a lot as well. Uh, yeah, so the, the, mid, the midfield uh, is going to be the difference, I think. If uh, if we could just uh, sort of halve the contest in the midfield, that would go a long way to winning. Well, I think... Um... I mean, you look at last week, like, you know, when I say last week, I mean just a couple of days ago when they played the Saints. It's, if you can half that contest in the middle, it's sort of like what we what we did to um, 
we did to Hawthorne back in 2015, the way we sort of played there was they were another fantastic clearance side. And this was, uh, we just, we conceded first touch, but we got them straight away. And that's the best way to get Melbourne. Because once you, once you sort of block their outside run and you get their inside straight away, they'll cough it up and then you can run away from them and they're not going to chase because they're all inside. They're all slow. I mean, only really Hunt and Harms will, will catch you. The rest of them, you know, goodbye. I mean. Yeah, fair call. Yes. Fair have, you call, guys, have you guys got any theory about why Lambert isn't going to the middle? I mean, he's, he's had another, another week where he's only got 13 touches. He kicked a couple of goals, but, you know, he doesn't seem to be going to the centre at all now. It's... Is that a, what's what's that going? Well, I reckon it's tying in with a slight change of role for Jack Higgins. I reckon they're trying to get him more exposure in the middle to kind of fast track him a bit more. And he played f- good football there, to be honest, last year, because um, Higgins is getting you know twenty twenty five touches now. Mm. So it looks mm. like he's taking a chunk of his time. I think. Yeah, I'm lo- I'm loving the uh, Shane Edwards off the half back. That's that's working a treat. I never I never saw that coming, and that's that's been amazing. I think. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that move as well. He's just so... I know he had a few shitty kicks, but typically he's so good with ball in hand, uh, especially uh-huh. his, his releasing handballs are like lightning. And when you yeah. look at the, the half-back line of Lostin, Edwards, and Basha Hawley, uh, throw mm-hmm. in stack as well. It's some pretty good ball movement coming out of the back half. Yeah, it seems like uh, now that Shane sort of starts that first ball movement, it seems to get everyone going. It sort of wakes everyone up. Oh, right, now now's the time to, to run forward, you know. Uh, so, you know, it's a, a genius move. Well, Shedder puts people into space, and then you have um, Stack and Hooley who will just run. That's how they get it out. They'll just run it out and then sort of bring people along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I'm so happy Alice is out of that back line. <laughs> yeah, agree. To his credit, so, though, he's played pretty good footy in the wing, but that's where he belongs. Yeah, that's where he belongs. That's where he had his... Um, he got all Australian in 2014. I'm not just making that up in my mind. Yeah, no, he did. He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, and I think I think he got 40 disposal against Melbourne back, uh, you know, in 2014 on the wing. That's realistically he he can't have pressure on him because yeah, he just you know for a man that sells these watches, he doesn't have much time. Um, <laughs> and he gives you those sort of 15 meter cross, 50 meter high, basically the kick equivalent of a hospital handball. Yeah, I might have to use that quote somewhere. That's quite good. <laughs> but I think he's going to be a good matchup. Not that Jaden Hunt um, is an extremely damaging player, but with, with his pace, he can break lines. I think Alice will be one who can keep up with him step for step. So I think that's going to be the, the right matchup for him. And just let him run the wings. He's doing a perfectly good job there. Uh, I want to f- hear your guys' thoughts on who you think Nathan Broad's going to take. I think his job on Buddy was nothing short of sensational, given the size he was giving away. Um, assuming Asprey goes to McDonald, does Broad go to someone like Melksham? Um, Melksham's de- deceptively tall. Um, and he's another guy I can't stand. You know, he, he, he walks around as though he's got, he plays like Carey and the closest thing you'll get to Carey is having the number 18 on his back. (laughs) Um, but he's deceptively tall and deceptively quick. And I think that's something Broad will have to, um, you know, he'll, he'll have to go on him because I mean, Christian Petrarca is just one of those players that, you know, you never really have to worry about him until he has a day out and then he'll kill you. And then Neil Bullen, I, I never really taken notice of him. So I guess it would be Melksham. 
So I reckon, you reckon Vlosten to Petraka? Would that be the matchup you'd go with yeah, there? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And Vlosten, I mean, he's the ability to come, come off and go third man up as well. He's just a pretty versatile player. And uh, yeah, he's quicker than Petraka as well, so he'll be able to walk away from him. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If you can make him hurt coming off the half-back line and make him feel a bit more accountable, um, yeah, they, they could break them down a bit too. Uh, I feel being... like the hardest guy to, 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 to get matchups for now is Asprey, actually. Uh, I think he was a little bit uh, hidden, you know, all the other guys covered for him, Grimes and, and Rance, and now Rance is out. Sort of, I, I, Sometimes I feel like Asprey's a little bit exposed. He, he, was, he was good last week. But uh, I'm always worried about the matchup that he gets. So I'm thinking maybe um, Wiedemann for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was interesting that he didn't get the bulk of the job on Buddy. Um, and I think you're right. I think he's it is a bit of an awkward matchup. But he kind of just patrols and directs traffic down there as well for us, which really helps. So I think essentially whoever plays the deepest will be Asprey's man, whether that's McDonald or Wiedemann, whoever that might be. Um but yeah, with the way our defence sets up, I don't know. They all just have this real knack of covering for each other, don't they? It's you don't really, yeah, yeah. you'll never really yeah. see one guy on a direct opponent for a whole game. They just tend to rotate, chop and change, and all still yeah. get the job done. Yeah, it's more of a zone thing where they just cover for each other. Yeah, you're right. Now the big talking point for this week, obviously being the game tomorrow, the changes have already occurred. So we already know that Shy Bolton's been dropped for Jack Rewalt. So good to have Jack Rewalt back and. For anyone wondering if that was the right call or not, uh, the one thing you can be absolutely assured of is the medical staff take no risks. So if he's right to go, he's right to go. Um, but the big debate that's been happening on Twitter and Big Footy and Facebook and everywhere else is why did they drop Bolton instead of Castagna? Now, yeah, I'd, I'd go I'm, with that too. <laughs> I've got the stats written I, I, down here. From, I, I, say, I say five more tackles is the reason why. Yeah, and I've, I've got the stats here. And look, I'll put my hand up and say I've, I've sort of had a crack at Castagna the last couple of weeks because it's mainly the Port Adelaide game because he did a lot of things that actually halted our momentum from a counter-attack, and that's criminal in my books. Uh, but he wasn't doing a lot of other stuff either. But in the game just gone versus the Swans, Castagna had one goal one, 14 disposals, two marks, eight tackles, but he was 57% efficiency, four score involvements, and one goal assist, whereas Bolton was two behinds, 10 disposals, three marks, two tackles, 60% efficiency, seven score involvements, and two goal assists. Um, now, we all know that Dimmer loves the tackling pressure, and to be fair, that's kind of our team mantra. So if you haven't got that in spades, then you're not, you're not going to struggle. But if there's someone else who's racking up eight tackles, they're probably going to get the nod ahead of uh, the other player. So I, I think that's why Castagna's stayed in, but that doesn't mean that Bolton played a bad game because he didn't. I thought he's been pretty good. But do you both think that decision is justified? Um. Uh, no, I, I I feel like Castagna. You're right about the tackling. Everyone uh, knows his uh, his forward pressure is really good. But uh, I reckon he was also in the side because he could take the odd contested mark. And so when we when we just had Jack and and maybe Caddy there, he was like a like a, a second tall sort of thing. Uh, but now we've got Lynch. I feel I feel like uh, Castagna is a lot more expendable than he once was. And I just feel like uh, Bolton brings that like that dynamite dynamic sort of, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with him. And I think, and and also think that, uh, you know, I'd like to see us give the kids, you know, a good block of games, you know, three, four games. I, I felt that 
uh, they dropped Menager a bit early as well. You know, I would like to see Menager, even though he didn't dominate, I wouldn't mind seeing him get three or four games in a row just to sort of really give these guys a chance and a good feel for it and then, then maybe drop him for a rest. I would have dropped Rioli, to be perfectly honest. Um, there was words that he was sort of running a bit sore. And, I mean, you look at his stats, and he got roughly the same as what um, Shy did. Uh, one more tackle, a goal, a couple more disposals. You know, <clears throat> it, it, it's it, – it, yeah, I think Shy. I, I would have dropped Rioli if the medical staff were – or, you know, if the reports were true that he sort of pulled up a bit sore. Well, it's an embarrassment of riches anyway, so it's a good place to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the other one who I'm glad they didn't drop was Liam Baker. Um, I thought his last couple of games have been fantastic. To me, for me, he's actually made me realise he's actually a more rounded player than what I thought. I only thought he was a bit of a one-trick pony with being a small forward, but uh, he's coming off the half-back line at times, playing on the wing. I think I saw him around, hovering around the middle at various stages. Uh, what have you made of his game, Splint? Um, he's looking good. I mean, I think the thing I sort of reminds me of Liam Baker is, I mean, I think he's from WA. He's got a mullet. He's not exactly that bright. <laughs> and, um, you sort of need people like that who will, you know, he, he did a few things where he ran into a couple of players and that's sort of what you want. But, um, he, he's bringing up, he, he's getting the disposals that he should in the positions that, you know, he was being played. Um, and he does have a fantastic, disposal you know his kicks fantastic and his handball's fantastic um i would like to like i'd like to see him sort of drag to ground a bit more when he tackles but other than that i think he's he's coming along quite well i mean you know strike whilst the iron's hot with uh butler out yeah absolutely it's good to have that means we, on the smalls it means we can play uh give higgins stuck in higgins a, a taste in the middle which is fantastic i reckon he's doing a great job in there in, in spurts yeah, I'm liking Higgins' work in the middle. Mm. All right, before we let you guys go, we'll, we'll get a tip from you both for the game coming up tomorrow night. Uh, Evo, we'll start with you. What's your tip, including margin? Um, well, I think we'll win. But uh, it's it's hard to... Uh, we've seen what Richmond, uh, what type of Richmond will come out, but it'll, we don't know what type of Melbourne will come out. So I feel like it's going to be either be seven or eight-goal win or a one-goal win. So I'll, I'll split the difference and say four-goal win to Richmond. Fair enough, and Splint Whiskey? Um, I'm going to go a Richmond win by... Oh, I'm actually going to, I'm going to say this. I reckon the seven goals, but I reckon those seven goals will come in half to, after half-time. I reckon it'll be close till half-time, and then um, there'll be a couple of things where they crack, and then, you know, it just becomes an avalanche. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I'll, I'll say 32 points. Um, simply because, and I agree with the first half, I think it's going to be super close and be a really hot contest um, because of the shellacking they've copped in the media. It's Anzac Eve. They're going to come out pretty fired up for it. So I expect it to be pretty physical early on, but if we can absorb that, um, I think we'll end up breaking them just by sheer weight of inside 50s that we naturally get and their backline being decimated and our forwards being pretty handy with the guys we've got up there. It just doesn't look good for them in that sense. So I'll say 32 points. All right, just a reminder, yeah. the game is tomorrow night at 7.35 at the MCG. Uh, if you are going, make sure you get there and try and be seated by around 6.30 for the ceremony and pay your respects. Uh, and it's always a, a, a nice night to, to show respect to those who served for us. 
Uh, Evo and Splint Whiskey, thanks so much, guys, for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. No Very worries. enjoyable. And until next time, go Tigers. Go Richmond. Go Tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!